You know, sometimes I think when we come up to, to Christmas, it's so easy for us just to kind of fly through the Christmas season and really just reflect on what really happened 2,000 years ago. And I think sometimes we can think like, does the birth of Christ really, does it really make a difference in my life today? Or can it make a difference in my life today? And I, I don't know why maybe you came to church today. Maybe you were forced to come. You weren't going to be able to eat the the, th- the Christmas dinner unless you came here today. So, But we're, we're still glad that, that you came. We're glad that you're here, that you're here. But I want to look at something in the Christmas story that I never really saw before. Have you ever read scripture and you're just reading it and you're like, that's new, or you heard a teaching like that's different. I didn't say I didn't, I've never I've never heard that before, and we can glean from it and and learn something new. Sometimes when we listen to the Christmas story, we know and we heard in the the children's story that that Kenny did such a great job on, and and we hear about them traveling, Mary and Joseph traveling so far away from their hometown to Bethlehem to register. And how many know? I mean, I can't imagine. We we don't know. Maybe she was on a donkey, maybe they're on a four-wheeler. We, we don't really know what, we know she was on a four-wheeler unless she lived in Wayne County, but we don't know what she was actually, uh, she probably walked. She probably, who knows? And it was probably 70, 80 miles from where they lived to Nazareth to, to get to Bethlehem. And there, she all of a sudden, they have to register, they have to do it. And then she gets there and she's getting ready to deliver the baby. And it's like, okay, this isn't probably the most convenient time to do this while we're leaving our own hometown where everything seems to be all set up. And there she delivers this baby. And, and they're in this place where usually, I, I want you to get an understanding of how hospitality worked. Now, they weren't, when we think of an inn, we think of the Holiday Inn or we think of a Hampton Inn. That's not the way it worked. What happened is you would just go to somebody's house and because of hospitality, in the east, what they would do is they would allow you to stay in a room um, that would be reserved for guests or travelers. Well, what happened is because of what was happening during the time, there was no room. There was no, there was no guest room. And they had to stay uh, in what was probably a stable because we know that they placed Jesus in a manger, which is a feeding trough. And so here the Savior of the world Mary and Joseph travel probably some 80, 90 miles to get here. She delivers the baby. There's no room for them. They have to probably deliver the baby in a stable with, with other animals, with, with cows and sheep, and who knows what else. Maybe some camels were in there. I don't know. I don't think camels were in there, but it makes for a good manger scene, right? So, so here you have the, this scene, and this is the scene where Jesus is born. And what I want you to see is this. Many times when we share this Christmas story, we always share it in this kind of light where there was no room for Jesus. So, um, you know, make room in your heart for Jesus. Now, we can see it that way. We can see it that way. But I want you to look at it this way. Before I read the story for you that's found for us in Luke chapter 2, when we think about the life of Jesus, I want you to think of what he gave up to reach you. See, many times we look at the story and we say, well, we need to make room for Jesus and there's no room for him and and do we have room for Jesus in our heart and our life? But I want you to look at it this way, which is true, but I want you to look at it this way. All the things that Jesus gave up to make room for you, to allow you 
to come into his kingdom. And what Jesus does for us is incredible. Because nothing that he does is for himself. It's actually for you and I that we might know God. That we might be part of his kingdom. That Jesus comes for the lowly, for the rejected, for those that don't fit in. Jesus relates to us. God comes and he comes down and he's born in a stable, not in a palace, which none of us, none of us here could ever relate to that. But he comes and he's born in these meager conditions, these humble conditions to say, you're welcome and I want you to come where I am. I gave up my room so that you could find a room at my table. Now let's read the story here of what exactly happened. And I want us to see and the circumstances that surround his birth. So we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7 in the NIV version. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree, a census that should take place for the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee in Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house in the line of David and he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room. That's a good translation by the NIV. There's no guest room available for them. Now, what's interesting to me about this passage is there's no room for the Savior of the world to stay whose very purpose for coming to earth was to prepare a place for us that we could go to heaven to live with him. And I believe God was showing us something about how Jesus was born and about the circumstances surrounding his birth. Jesus gave up his room in order to make room for all who come to him. He gave up his room for us to find a room, a place in God's kingdom. I read this really interesting story of a college student. She, of college, it was 10 years ago, but she was a college student at the time. Her name was Jackie Turner. Um, and Jackie had no place to go for Christmas. She had a very difficult upbringing. And there was an interview that was done about her and something that she did that changed her story. That changed her story. Jackie is a person that didn't have a home life like many of you and I have. And when she was in college, she had no place to go for Christmas. So as each year passed, she knew this time would come, and it was very difficult for her. And actually in the interview, she said, this time of the year is very hard for me because everyone's talking about their cousins and their families and all the things that make up Christmas. But for her, she said, I don't have any of that, and I never did. She didn't have a place to go. There was no room for Jackie to go to at Christmas. So what she did was she put an ad on Craigslist for parents to adopt her for Christmas. And she told them, I'll pay you $8 an hour if you adopt me for Christmas. She puts this ad out. And guess what? People responded to the ad. Some parents responded and said, you don't have to pay us. But what she found out was this. She found out about other students that had no room 
and no place to go to. And she changed their lives. CBS did an interview with her, and I wanted to show you that interview. Go ahead and look up at the screams about Jackie. Finally tonight, this season is about families coming together. But that presented a problem for a young woman in California. Steve Hartman tells us how she solved it for herself and many others on the road. At William Jessup University near Sacramento, there's a junior who seems to have it all. (laughs) Jackie Turner has straight A's. What y'all up to? Good friends and a big heart. You can do it. She works part-time as a tutor and eventually wants a career helping troubled kids. Her future is definitely bright, but the clouds still roll in every December. This time of year is hard. Everyone's talking about their cousins, their families, all the things that make up Christmas. Jackie says she doesn't have any of that and never did. Tell me some of your pleasant memories of childhood. Okay. None? I remember being locked up and locked in rooms, and I remember getting beaten for stealing food. Born to a mother she never met and a dad she wished she hadn't, Jackie says she was abused, neglected, and starved. Very good. She's been able to move on, for 11 months out of the year at least. But that 12th has always posed a problem, which is why this year she decided to take action. This hurting, you're tired of it, what are you going to do? And I was like, Craigslist. (laughs) That's right. She said Craigslist. Where most people go to find a new apartment or used car, Jackie went looking for a happier holiday. Specifically, her classified said, I want to rent a mom and dad. Maybe for a couple of hours, just be like the light of their life for that moment. You were going to pay? Yep, eight bucks just to sit, which for a college student is affordable. She got dozens of responses, about half from parents who wanted to help, for free, of course, and about half from other young people who felt the same way she did. People are hurting and broken, and like we need, we need each other, and we need to be loving people, and I think that's what tonight's about. Jackie held a meeting for all the people who contacted her. The purpose? To pair up the needy with the needed. To make sure no one in this room feels alone this holiday season. This matters. Jackie made about a half a dozen matches that night, including one for herself. Thank you. A woman from University Student Services named Anita Hermsmeyer. Oh my gosh. Found my mentor. (laughs) Jackie went into this thinking she wanted to rent a family. Thank you, Anita. You're welcome. Now, she's creating them. December's looking brighter already. Steve Hartman, on the road, near Sacramento. Isn't that an amazing story? I, w- I want to give you an update, because um, that was 10 years ago. That was 2013. Um, last year, she gave the commencement speech at her college. And what she's doing now is incredible. She works now for a faith-based residential campus for mothers and children that provide a safe family environment and a healthy living environment for those dealing with homelessness. What she does is she helps people find a home. And that's exactly what Jesus does for us. By giving up heaven, he gave up something valuable and perfect 
to come into our mess, to come into the darkness of this world to show us a way home. He gave up something to give us something, and that was a home. What Jackie did for others is exactly what Jesus does for us. He gives us a home. What Jesus does, he comes into this unwelcoming world where he was abused. He was neglected. He was misunderstood. He was beaten. He was falsely accused. He was dragged, placed on a cross for you and I because he knew that meant healing for you and I. He knew that meant giving us a home. His entire ministry, Jesus welcomed those who felt unwelcomed, those who felt lost, lonely, messy, and unaccepted. And that's every single one of us. He came to show us the way home. And what Jesus does is he comes into our world as God and he tells us, I want you to come home. There's room for you. There's room for you. You may feel like you've made too many mistakes. You may feel like you've messed up your life too much. Jesus, that's exactly why I came. I came for you. In fact, Jesus' whole purpose for coming to earth was to seek and save that which was lost. And the only thing I can tell you about my salvation experience with Christ at age 16 is the only thing I can tell you is this. I was lost, and then I was found. I was blind, and then I saw who Jesus really was. In Matthew eleven twenty through 29, Jesus says this to us who feel burdened and overwhelmed who feel like religion has let us down, who feel overwhelmed by the do's and the don'ts and trying to do everything perfect. Jesus says to those who felt beat up, he said, come to me, all you are weary and burdened of trying to be perfect. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I want you to understand that everything that Jesus did was for our benefit at his expense. Everything. There was no room for Jesus, yet he makes room for us. And I want you to understand what Jesus did for us. He gave up everything so we could find a home. I want you to understand that Jesus, what he did for us, Jesus took our sin so that we could be forgiven. We deserve death, yet Jesus took our death by giving his life on the cross for you and I. Jesus gave his life so we could have life. Jesus came to serve and not be served. Jesus became poor that we might become rich. Jesus was wounded so we could be healed. Jesus left heaven so he could bring us to heaven. When you trust Jesus with your life, he says, I will make room for you. And it's not based on your goodness or how perfect you think you are or if you've got all your ducks in an order. It's all based on his mercy and his grace that we don't earn, merit, or deserve. That's how much he loves you. That's why he sent Jesus. John 14, 1 through 7, I love this verse. Probably one of the most comforting verses 
in all of the New Testament. Jesus speaking to his disciples. He's getting ready to go to the cross, and they're all weird, and they're saying, Jesus, where are you going? Why are you leaving us? Why are you leaving? And Jesus comforts them with these words, and he comforts us with these words also. And this is why we're not to trust this world or what we see before us. Because the Bible says that this world's a vapor. It's here one moment and gone the next. Those of you that are over 50 like me, you understand that, right? It's a vapor. It keeps rolling. And every 10 years goes, what happened to those 10 years? I'm going to be 58 this year. What happened, right? It goes so fast. And it's true. But Jesus relieves his disciples by telling them this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't worry. If you believe in God, believe also in me. And this is what he says. Verse two, I love this. My father's house has many rooms. There's no vacancy. Many rooms. If we're not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And you know the way to the place where I'm going, right? You know? Do you know? Do you know I have a room for you? He's saying this to the disciples. And then Thomas, one of the disciples, says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Relieve our fears. Let me know that there's a room for me. And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Jesus said, the way home is through me. And the reason why that's the only way home is through Christ is because of what he gave up as God himself. He gave up everything so that we could have everything and that we could share in Christ, in what Christ gives to us and the inheritance that Christ gives to us that can only come through him. And that puts our hearts at peace, knowing that it's not dependent on me, but what Jesus has already accomplished for me. Jesus came because he had to. He's not just a little baby. If you don't connect the cradle to the cross, you miss the whole thing. Because Jesus went to the cross to show us the way home. He conquered sin and death through his resurrection to show us the way home. My question to you is, are you home? Are you at peace? Jesus says you can be, but don't trust yourself. Don't trust your works or your goodness. Trust me. And when you trust me, you have everything. Barton Gerace is a complete train wreck. I mess up all the time. Amen? You too? Well, not amen for me. Well, yeah, amen for me too, but amen for all of us. Yeah, we need, we need that. And so for you here today, my prayer for you is that you would be at home with Christ. I remember when I was younger, um, you know, of course, we didn't have phones or cell phones. And um, when we were playing in the neighborhood, the only way that you knew when to come home for dinner is my dad would whistle. And my dad had the loudest whistle in the neighborhood. He didn't even use his finger. He just went whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. That was my dad's whistle. And I could be three blocks away, 
And I could hear my dad's whistle. And the whistle was, come on home, Bart. Christ is calling you home. Stop trying to do it yourself. He's got a place for you. The reason why there was no room at that house 2,000 years ago was to make room for you. And that room is only available when you put your faith in Christ. And you will find rest. And you'll be home. And you'll be secure in Christ's hands. Amen? Amen. Father God, I want to thank you for sending us the greatest gift that the world has ever seen. And I just pray for everyone here today, those watching online, that that it's not dependent on us, it's dependent on what Christ has already accomplished for us. So I just pray, God, that in our way, we would call out to you. You see our hearts, God. For anyone here that is not at rest, that's not home, I pray that you would just speak to them and call them home, that they would find their place in you. That, Lord, when anyone calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that it's not dependent on us, but it's your grace and mercy. So, Lord, we pray that we would find our rest and our home in you. Thank you, Jesus, for giving up everything so that we could find a place, that we could find a home forever with you. And for that, we are grateful. And we ask these things in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's children said, amen, amen, amen.